Dr. John, thanks for getting on. Everyone, uh, Gabriel Masudi, Learn, Unlearn, Optimize. I have uh, Dr. John Kim from Mendham Robinson Drug. He, you're a, a anti-aging pharmacist, make custom compounds. You want to, want to elaborate? Uh, sure. So, hello, everybody. So, this is Dr. John Kim. I'm a pharmacist and an owner of Robinson Drug in Mendham, New Jersey. I've been a pharmacist well over 15 years now. And I've been owning Robinson Drug for the last seven years. So our pharmacy concentrates in dealing with the holistic approach of health, uh, in dealing with health and nutrition, uh, as well as we do custom compounding. So we do bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, customized pain management on that line, uh, along with nutrition, as well as we provide wellness consultation for patients as well, uh, in dealing with overall health in general, and as well as anti-aging. I know it's kind of a far-fetched concept a lot of times because anybody could actually just say anti-aging and just thinking there's a skincare, but overall in dealing with the health aspect of uh, controlling inflammation, um, overall hormone balancing, uh, stress management, and lifestyle changes, that's something that we end up having to help out and coach. So we've been doing this for the last seven years in this location. Cool, man. Thanks so much for your time today. Uh, doctor, I know you're super knowledgeable, so <laughs> I just wanted to get on and just, just really have you download what's been going on, um, where you're at as of today. Today is uh, March 29th, 2020, where I'm, I think I'm in day 15 of quarantine right now. Uh, COVID-19 is currently shutting down the world, causing a global pandemic. And uh, Dr. John, more or less, is on the front lines. He's going around testing people, and he's, he's head on with this thing. So. Take it away, bud. So, I mean, right now the testing modality is not available in our community as of yet. And I, and I know for sure Abbott, uh, one of the pharmaceutical companies, um, they actually now have a, I think it's a 15 minute testing that's gonna really revolutionize in terms of how we test patients in the hospital and everything else. But overall, the community wise, the testing modality has not been available as of yet. And that, that's the biggest uh, criticism I have with the way that this is being handled I'm not criticizing about the government or anything else. It's just the way that this uh, availability of what we have is so limited that we cannot overall do a testing on a broader population. And just to tell the patients that you get tested based on if you actually have symptoms is not true either. Because the way that the COVID-19 is actually occurring right now is that 80% of the patients do not show any symptoms, even though they might be infected. And this is a scary part that even though you might be next to somebody, you're not even sure if they're infected or not. Um, and so, especially at our pharmacy right now, we're, you know, we're not in the front line as being and working in a, uh, in a hospital per se, but we're in the front line in terms of helping the customers in our uh, community and providing medications as well as uh, providing that care. So we need to stay afloat as well as being proactive in terms of protecting our ends in terms of protecting our employees and as well as the patients that just recently we decided to do completely a closed door in our location. So we do either curbside pickup, where we actually bring the medications to the patients along with their over-the-counter medications, uh, as well as we provide uh, delivery and mailing, just, just so this way the exposure is much less and we could do the necessary things that we provide. And the patients have been very uh, you know, supportive of us doing that and they are appreciative that we may take these measures because we want to be here. Um, you know, obviously, Mendham is only 5,000 people in our location, but we are actually licensed in New Jersey and New York. And so we provide services to vast amount of population that we do. And so, you know, a lot of people count for us to be there. 
if you cannot, and that's a big problem. So, yeah, I've been very proactive in looking at this uh, well over, you know, four weeks ago because a lot of things that were going on in the media and then, as you know, the media has been really fear-mongering the aspect of it. And, and just to know, in my end, as a healthcare professionals and how to deal with this overall aspect in terms of knowing to protect my end as well as to my family and my patients and my employees, uh, what is the truth out there? And that's the biggest thing that's been uh, misconceptualized. And, and because the media is just fear-mongering, as a result, I decided to take the measure into my own hands and so looking at, okay, what, what, what is this COVID-19? What is this? It's, it seems like it's a regular cold virus that a lot of people actually have. I think there's about three different types of coronavirus that close around and, and causing a cold issue to occur. But one thing that about this particular virus is that it's completely been a different. Uh, it actually is affecting people a whole lot differently how it's actually affect, infecting people as well as some of the uh, overall um, the negative aspect of the disease itself is that it can cause, you know, sometimes uh, uh, respiratory issues, uh, as well as the fact that in the end of disease, disease site that people end up having to have septic or actually having organ failure. Mm. Part, I mean, regular cold virus is not going to cause that, uh, and this is the biggest concern. Um, so, you know, how we're going to tackle it is is the biggest concern with that, and. If, we, if you're not, and going back to the whole testing, is that if we don't know who has it and able to have those data and not having to have those people maybe quarantine or treated or whatever it needs to be done, it, if we don't even have that data, and that's going to be the biggest fault in our end in terms of fighting this. And I, I if you, um, I, as you know, I mean, I made a video on my Instagram page uh, about a week and a half ago in dealing with the overall asterisk of what I'm seeing and what I'll be probably seeing in, in next two weeks is that all the testing that we don't have is going to be the outcome we might be having in Italy where we don't have the necessary tools. It doesn't make a difference what type of ingenuity we have or the knowledge of the disease itself, et cetera. We don't have the right tools in line in terms of testing having to have those tests accessible to the people in terms of clinicians, et cetera, that could be a big problem where we're going to be enough to lose a battle and not be proactive and, and try to contain as much as you can. Actually, containment is not much of an issue now. It's more of a mitigation. Um, that containment one that I just, just far sailed about two, three weeks ago, and especially in our area of Morris County, the Morris County, uh, that infection is going to be just quickly coming about a week or so. And um, I'm a little concerned about how this is going to be because already right now, Morristown Hospital is already overwhelmed. Um, and especially when you're dealing with some of the um, regional, big regional hospitals like Hackensack Medical Center, they're overwhelmed already. Uh, they already have, I think from last week, just talking to one of my buddies who's an um, ICU physician, anesthesiologist there, uh, 60 people already on a ventilator, you know. I mean, that, this is an overwhelming aspect of that. And, and how are we going to manage that is going to be a biggest concern. And then another thing that we're not really talking about, and I think we should much more in dealing with, is that how to treat these patients outpatients was great. We don't put the patients in a hospital and overwhelm the health system to begin with. Because already the doctors and nurses actually have too much going on uh, with a little bit of tools that they have. I mean, testing is one thing, but then also the protective equipment, PPEs. Uh, a lot of hospitals don't even have any masks 
having the, having the nurses and doctors to be use their mask or share them, which is another risk factor. Yeah. Um, and, and then you're dealing with the aspect that they don't have enough protective equipment. So let's just say someone's getting intubated who's infected. That fluid can be aerosolized all over. Um, and that could be where overall the whole medical team could be out. You know, that, that's the, and then who's going to be back in devil? And that, that's the biggest concern that I have in that sense of it. Um, politics aside, everything else that, that, that it is. Um, and, and this is the concern that people are not seeing and that they don't take this matter seriously enough. Um, I mean, I, th- I think if people could take it seriously, as long as the communication is being relayed out to us well enough, I think this could be a shorter scenario. But at this point in time, I mean, who knows? I'm, I'm guessing this is going to be peaking probably until August. Uh, and then I think there was a recent study that's coming out in terms of the warm weather where uh, within the equator, a lot of the infection rates are a lot lower. So I'm going to guess that in the summer, the infection rate is going to go down. But then what's going to happen in the fall and the winter? Right. A cycle of that's going through. Second wave, yeah. Yeah. And so could we undertake that? Can the health system undertake it? But another scenario small businesses and the overall restaurants. I mean, the hospitality business is completely demolished right now. Are they able to pick up themselves in that time to withstand another wave of issue that's going to come up? We don't know. And especially you're you're in the uh, health uh, industry as well, having a studio and and everything else, you yourself is being affected at the same time. Yeah. Um, So... I don't know. It's, it's a big challenge that uh, I, I don't know what the big a- answer would be, but I think the aggressive testing and having the right data, quarantining it um, in many aspects that everybody has to pra- uh, practice the social distancing. Um, and, you know, we got to get, get through that aspect of it. Dr. John, so let's, let's start you, out of these three things that you mentioned. First, the testing. I, you know, I hear mixed things all over. I hear, oh, don't worry, we have enough tests. We got plenty of tests. That's not the problem. Can you elaborate on that and, and why testing right now is, is so important? So let's, if, if you're going to talk about testing itself, let's talk about what some other countries have done and who's been successful. So you could take two, two study models. You could take the South Korea method or Italy. South Korea, because of the fact that they've been um, experiencing issue with some type of infection that's coming from China. As a result, they actually have a special task force to handle this. And from the get-go, they were very proactive in terms of communicating, quarantining it, and then as well as testing. And so if you look at the actual infection rate in South Korea, and then versus the death, uh, death rate, I mean, it's less than 1% that's actually happening in Korea itself. I mean, obviously, people will argue that, oh, well, South Korea is a small country, and, and it could, well, Yes, that is true. But in terms of what they're doing, in terms of testing everybody overall, just the general population, having those test kits very affordable too. And that's happening in the United States right now. I mean, you could get a test kit to be mailed to your house for $125. Actually, that's a doctor cost, but the doctor has to buy it and then they have to resell it. But uh, that's going to be available where you're going to be able to get a 24-hour turnaround time in terms of results. So that's phenomenal. But that's already about a week or two late in that sense of it. But if you look at the overall South Korea, they've been just testing overall population on top of the fact that they have drive-throughs where people can just drive in, get tested, and then within um, you know, a day or so, you get test results back, 
and then you know you get your you get to you know, do whatever you need to. I mean that's that's a big difference in that sense of it, and as well as the fact that they've been very proactive to treating these things. In terms of that one particular drug that um, President Trump actually talked about a week ago, um, actually almost two weeks ago now, hydroxychloroquine. That is a particular drug that's been utilized in South Korea during that time. And as well as the fact that the Korean uh, Biomedical Review, that is, um, they end up having to have the consensus of all the physicians, having hydroxychloroquine as being one of the first line therapies and utilizing it. And obviously the, the dosing modalities and everything else differs between one country to the other, but they were so far advanced in terms of dealing with this aspect of it that they were able to treat these patients right away. And as well as the fact that the death rate is much lower. And if you look at numbers, it's basically the report card of how someone is doing or a business is doing or overall how the outcome is. And by all means, that's where the South Korea is so advanced in this sense of it. And versus Italy, um, you know, if the first case actually happened in Italy in Milan, uh, it was just one case. And where is it now? I mean, it's just, it's, the, the numbers are astronomical. And then on top of the fact that the death rate has been much, much higher, um, is because of the fact that one, the uh, test kits could be one of the things as well, but also the biggest issue is that the Italians in general did not take this very seriously. Even now, this could be an issue as well. So what do they do? They end up having to have a complete lockdown. I mean, uh, you could still go to a pharmacy and then go to support this, but they had a complete lockdown just to do it. And so just recently now, they're now seeing the numbers of infection that start to plateau. And this is what's happening at this point. But overall, Italians actually have the highest number of elderly population. And this particular disease, about 80% of the population, uh, 80% who actually gets infected, excuse me, those people who get infected and die, those are the 80% of the population that are older than 65 years old. Um, so that's where the numbers of mortality actually comes in in Italy. Uh, and as was a fact that um, even younger populations, you know, even the 30s and 30s until 40s are getting infected with, with severe uh, respiratory issues uh, and everything else that goes on. And so this does not, you know, you know, go over to the elderly, but also the overall population in general. So Dr. John, the, the, the test kits basically with this, you're saying it will enable us to not overwhelm the front line right now, overwhelm the hospitals. We can order and we can, we can self test. We can figure out what's going on, try to um, be less pressured or, or, or is there something else, another gap that I'm missing? Is it that I'll, God forbid I'll know, or, or the, someone will know that they have this and, and cause we're already quarantining. So, Where's where's like the the most the biggest benefit of had it, having these these tests, if if everyone's already got it? Sure, absolutely. Um, I think there was a statement saying that uh, uh, even three weeks ago, about fifty thousand people were having already been infected, um, and so you know the, the biggest concern is, you know, obviously testing and having those data available is is a great thing, but who, who's able to get those is a thing. How is it accessible is the biggest thing. And so let's just say you went, I mean, our pharmacy actually sells flu test kits where patients could just come in and pick up the test kit, they spit into a test tube, and then in about four minutes, you get test results back. Wow. And you could talk to a doctor with your cell phone, and then you get a prescription called in. And that's, that's where the medicine is actually heading. That's just flu at this point. But especially with the coronavirus and COVID-19, already people are already heightened with anxiety to begin with. 
And having those test kits available for general population just to buy it and then use it on themselves and then try to interpret it, that's going to cause more problems because a lot of people will have some type of coronavirus in general. Yeah. Does that mean that you are sick? Not really. I mean, you could still spread the virus to others, but that would end up having to give you, you know, uh, false anxiety issues that, you know, someone needs to interpret that and then do the necessary thing. But the issue is those test kits are being so limited now um, based on doctors and et cetera. Even right at this point, um, even um, this weekend, some of the patients who are symptomatic, uh, I actually have a customer right now, um, they, they show that they're symptomatic, then they can't go to the testing center and more time to get it done because they need a prescription. So in, in that sense of that, it, it, having those accessibility to be a little, little more open and having those available, that's going to be the best thing. But then also that the issue is that the, the results come back. I'm not sure if the hospital actually has it at this point. Um, it takes about three to four days. And that's the lag time that's happening right now. So overall, the testing kits are coming, but the population is so big that we can't undertake all that happening at this point. Wow. So, again, not enough data that's actually showing at this time. And that's the biggest concern with the health professionals, even the internal medicine docs right now, they don't know what, where, how to test them or having these test kits available. But especially that one, one test I just mentioned to you about, it's called Microgen DX. It's a testing company. Your physician has to order that and having that test kit either come to the office or mail directly to your house, spit into it as a speedo test. And then you mail it in and then you get your test results within 24 hours. I mean, that's, that's a good, good way to do it. Instead of having people in a car going to the test center right. and then, you right. know, and possibly infect more people on the front line, et cetera, right. et cetera. Absolutely. I mean, right now, even the hospital staffs are short staffed as well. Uh, it, like, like uh, one of the hospitals that actually had one person, one, one of the person of the medical team getting infected. So the entire team now has to be completely. Yeah, of course. So that's, so, that's the biggest concern. So, main, main takeaway, Dr. John, is if you can, Contact your, your healthcare professional. See if you can order this test. Keep it at home. If you're not feeling well, take this, mail it out, get results in 24 hours rather than four to six days. I like got the ER right now. Right. Try to not overwhelm the ER, overwhelm the hospital. And you'll, that way you're still doing a service to society. You'll know what's going on taking care of yourself, but you're not overwhelming the system and possibly contaminating uh, workers right now. Absolutely. And I think the aspect of certain... Uh, uh, new drugs that's, you know, being utilized. I think a lot of the older drugs are being repurposed. I mean, especially that drug hydroxychloroquine, which is a brand name called Plaquenil, is usually used for rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. Um, and is this the same one for malaria, Dr. John? Malaria is a chloroquine. And that's, the, that's a lot of the confusion going on between chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine. Chloroquine, they just did a recent study in China, has not been shown to be as active or as good as hydroxychloroquine. So in terms of the hydroxychloroquine data, the 20% data that came through from France in, in conjunction with azithromycin, which is basically a ZPAC that a lot of people take for pneumonia, has been shown to actually decrease the duration of infection by two days. And uh, I think about 19 out of 20 people became, uh, you know, great, has shown great results. Uh, especially some of the clinicians that I've seen that are utilizing an outpatient right now, using hydroxychloroquine, you know, my patients, that 
they're doing great results as well. And then there are more results. I think even yesterday, I think um, they looked at over 350 patients and great results as well. So you're going to get through this, but to wait for a clinical trial to be completely finished and to not utilize this drug when we are so in need, that's another problem in that sense. I mean, this is where the politician that have to uh, decide to make some of the decisions, haphazard decisions, because I'm going to give you one example. Like hydroxychloroquine obviously is in short supply right now because everybody wants to jump into it, and that was a problem. But New York, state of New York, decided to completely handcuff the pharmacists to even dispense hydroxychloroquine to patients, even with COVID positive, unless there is some kind of clinical trial that a hospital is doing, or the patient has to have rheumatoid or having lupus. I mean, right now we're in a dire need of doing different things, but you know, when, you, when a politician gets in, involved in terms of the patient care and what the doctor should be doing and having the due diligence and, and utilizing these things, that's not right at all. And this is where you could end up having to throw the patient who could be treated outpatient be in the hospital, and this is a big problem. I see. So just to, to reiterate what you said, um, politics got involved and they halted this progress and that's going to overwhelm the hospitals more rather than the possibility of these people being able to be treated outside the hospital and self-care right. in New York is what you're saying. Now, exactly. that, that, it's gotten getting a lot of bad press. Um, I think you know his dad, Eric Akbon, uh, Akbin, is a... Um, is a, is a member here at Summis, and I was just on with him. He had this diagram we were going through before you jumped on, Dr. John. Yeah. And, and um, he was talking about like uh, some folks took some koi pond cleaner and wound yeah. up and, and like misread the label. And now that's getting a lot of bad press that, um, that the current administration gave out false information. But what you're saying is that uh, they took, the, what, from what he said, they took the wrong thing. And what you're saying is that you've been seeing a lot of positive results with with this, uh, with, with your patients and, um, it could, it could help to, uh, uh, bring down the load on, on the, on the front line right now. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've already two patients right now. Obviously these are just outliers, right? Same family members, um, mother and daughter. And we're not having to mail the prescription to them directly using the hydroxychloroquine and within one day they felt better. Wow. And yet anybody could say, oh, that's anecdotal. It could be. Uh, but we know the mechanism of action, how it could actually potentially work. And especially when you're utilizing hydroxychloroquine, it actually acts as something called a iontophore. Uh, and um, they, there's some data that says utilizing zinc with um, hydroxychloroquine, where zinc is actually able to stop the RNA polymerase of kicking in from the virus. But how do you drive that zinc into the cell is the biggest thing. And that's what a, uh, hydroxychloroquine does. Hydroxychloroquine is known as an iantophore and drives that zinc into the cell to stop that from happening. And zinc also, uh, and hydroxychloroquine has some form of antiviral activity as well. And um, this is a great thing that we're finding that. that well, it, that's basically, in, in lay person's terms, <clears throat> it stops this virus right near that, that where it do, starts to duplicate itself in that yes. process. Yeah, so, it, so the way that the RNA, so the basic the genetic makeup of the, of the virus, right, to make it simple, uh, in order to the, the virus to actually enter in and start to replicate and make more of the viruses, they have to basically throw their uh, gene information into a person's cell. 
and they start replicating and they're getting bigger. This is where the HIV infection issue comes in, even with the coronavirus right now. So what the zinc will do, yeah, you, can, you can buy it, and you have to buy the right zinc, and we will talk about that later. You have to get the right zinc, but zinc is able to help to block that particular chain where the, uh, the genetic makeup of the virus ends up having to uh, hold on to, and that's where it's great for. As well as the fact that zinc is able to boost up the immune system, but the biggest question, how do you drive that zinc in? That's the biggest concern. That's where the hydroxychloroquine not chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine is able to help to act as a zinc ionophore. Ionophore means to drive it into the cell uh, to work within that channel of the cell itself. And this is where the hydroxychloroquine actually has a good activity in doing so. They looked at it in the in vitro, uh, as well as the fact that now we're soon seeing more and more in the uh, clinical setting. Wow. Yeah. So it sounds like we uh we naturally transitioned to how to deal with people taking care of themselves as an outpatient right now yeah absolutely i think because um I, I did a recent video on an updated supplement list uh because of the fact that you know in terms of what i recommended three years ago versus what i'm recommending now has completely changed of course because uh before it was more of a general aspect in terms of how to uh, you know, boost up the immune system potentially for my viral infection or the RNA, uh, type of RNA. But if you look at what's happening right now, those viruses spread so fast that, you know, again, I'm not trying to cause a panic. It's more the sense that when will you be infected? And, and the second question is, is your body able to handle that infection? And third, are you able to get out of it and get well? So the overall aspect in terms of how I'm recommending supplements now is to really target how this particular virus actually is entering into a cell and infecting you, as well as to get your immune system ready. At the same time, have enough antioxidants such as glutathione in the body to help protect your lung lining and able to get through this. Because people who actually get well from this particular infection, they sometimes lose about 20% of their lung function. That's big especially yeah. for an athlete. Um, so that's where my supplementation had to completely change overall. Now I'm actually having patients, you know, looking at overall inflammation because inflammation is the biggest culprit that you end up having to see where you have additional underlying problem with immune, immune system is one, but second, you're more prone to actually having some type of respiratory issues. And so this, this is what we keep hearing about scarring. When people keep saying scarring, this is what you're talking about is what is yes. elaborating on the quote unquote scarring. Scarring. Please, yeah, please continue. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, oh, no, I just wanted to make it clear because we had some other podcasts and Rob was like, I'm, I'm really worried about the scarring, but this is different. And I just spoke with Eric. This is a little bit different than like um, th this type of scarring is going to reduce. Once it's scarred, it's not likely that it's going to anything is possible. It's not likely it's going to regenerate or come back. So yeah. it's it's going to most likely permanently reduce your 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 breathing capacity. Yes. So we want to protect that means of it, and I'm I'm, I'm actually more thinking of in a holistic approach, right? Even before you get into it, the holistic approach is to protect yourself in doing so. And, and then uh, we also have to account for the patient's risk factors. And risk factors, I think, in terms of the data that came through from China was uh, the number one risk factor was cardiovascular disease. Uh, diabetes is one. And then down to the sixth list was uh, hypertension. And obviously, majority of Americans actually have those conditions right now with the traditional American diet. 
But one thing that they didn't really mention was obesity. And, yeah. and obesity is the highest level in the United States if you end up to compare a developed nation. And this is gonna be a biggest factor where uh, patients who are obese um, who end up having to have a lower compensatory mechanism to actually go into this particular uh, disease, but at the same time, their respiratory issue actually at the same and as well, and additional inflammation. Uh, so that's something that I'm, I'm really concerned about. Uh, and that, I think that's one of the reasons why she made that video about a week and a half ago and addressing those issues. Yeah, please send me that link so I can put on the show notes, Dr. John. Yeah, absolutely. So, so cool, man. So it sounds like um, if, if people in, in the Morristown area can get in touch with you, it sounds like you can really be in service right now. How are we looking with supplies as far as access to the zinc and these, 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 um, these supplementations that you're talking about? Are, are, they, are we available? Can you get them to people? How does this work? Yeah, so we actually ran out of supplements as about a week ago, and then we, we got well stocked as of this week. Um, so that's already available right now. Uh, and for people who are in Morristown or even wherever it is in New Jersey and whoever's listening, we could definitely mail the supplements out to them directly. And one thing that they could definitely do in terms of doing it is obviously everybody's needs are different, right? And um, supplementation could be different as well. So that's something that we could provide in terms of expertise, doing a, a, a quick phone consult and then getting all those things mailed to them or delivered. So that's still you know, accessible for them. So uh, just to, to say back what I think I heard, Dr. John, uh, getting, we can schedule a phone consult with you mm-hmm. uh, and then you can figure out uh, some type of benchmark for my needs for supplementation pretty quickly for this. Yes. I, I, you can either leave it outside the, your door if I'm close enough, like you said yep. that earlier, you that. or you can, uh, you can, you can mail it out to guys if, if we're, if we're further out in Jersey right now. And this yes. is, this is a way along with the te- yourself testing that you can lessen the load on the hospital and that you can also take care of yourself and your family. Yeah. I think that's the best way to do it. Um, and, and, you know, trying to be healthy as possible. But you want to be healthy as possible so this way you could end up having to get through this without an issue. And I hope that no one is infected, right? That's not the whole point of this. But if you do, you have the means to actually um, hopefully get through this without any issue. And obviously, if the condition gets worse, that they need to speak to the doctor and, and, and doing that. But my whole sense is that why not prevent it from happening? Dr. John, this has been awesome. I mean, it's straight to the point, no BS. Is there anything else that you'd like to say before, before we get off? And anything else that you'd like to elaborate on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we're going to be, I'm going to be doing a live cast starting this Thursday on Instagram live. So uh, my uh, Instagram page is Dr. Dr. John, J-O-H-N dot PharmD, P-H-A-R-M-D. Uh, and then you can follow me there. And we, this coming Thursday, we're going to be doing a live cast, 8.30 p.m., and everybody could join in. And we're going to be doing a, a question-answer session where you could actually log on, uh, live video with me, and you could actually have a two- to three-minute window and just asking questions. And this is going to be an exciting time where I know a lot of people have been you know, DMing me and messaging me, but I think it's going to give you an opportunity to really talk to me in person, live. Uh, and then we might do a little bit of giveaway as well. Um, so that's going to be a good thing. I'm going to do that ongoing basis from now on every Thursday evening. Awesome, man. Um, and guys, I'll make sure if, uh, I'll get that information in the show notes for you as well, uh, Dr. John, so they can link into you. 
Um, I'd love to have you back on in a couple of days since this thing's moving so quickly and we Absolutely. can get straight into the point like this and um, yeah. getting all your awesome knowledge out and just, you know, we can get information to spread as faster or as fast as the virus. That'd be a good thing, man. Hopefully the viruses doesn't move past any faster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I think everybody needs to do their own part in terms of, uh, you know, helping everybody else. You know, just really um, social distancing is a big, big thing. Yeah. Awesome. I think people are now getting it. Yeah. Well, Dr. John, thank you so much for coming on and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you so much. Take care, brother. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.